0: So apparently all it takes for Orange County to get a win is for us to take a week off and then Orange County gets the victory, picks up a full three points and we're all excited, at least for the time being. Hopefully we can keep this up. We'll see if that'll happen. We will talk about uh, the victory. We'll also talk about the upcoming schedule for Orange County. Let's get this thing going. Welcome to the podcast of champions. This is the Orange of Black Soccer Cast.
1: Keninga
2: scores! The old guard with a new trophy.
1: This is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. Follow us on Twitter at
0: OCSC
1: underscore soccercast.
2: or on Facebook at Orange and Black Soccer Cast.
0: How's it going, Orange County? Welcome to another episode of the Orange and Black Soccer Cast, the first and only podcast dedicated to Orange County Soccer Club, its fans, and supporters. I'm your host, Ray Samora, and I am here to take you through this beautiful journey as we discuss all things Orange County Soccer Club. Let's run through the panel here really quick to introduce everyone. First, let's head down south, I-5, or south down the five uh to san diego and uh talk to mr allen a underwood 48 how are we doing alan
1: good you're gonna have to leave the five uh to take the 805 to get to where i live but uh no things are going all right um i, w- I was almost late on purpose so brad could get introduced first and then
0: i was like oh i should probably not do that because andy's not here Brad is still waiting <coughs> for the day that he gets to be introduced first, correct? Although, we, when we did the the Western Conference preview, I believe last season, he was the host, so he was technically first on the show for that episode. Uh, let's do this. Let's head on up to Reno, and let's bring Brad on here. Brad, um, how are you doing, my man?
2: I'm doing well, and I'm going to use a background, because I am no longer in the uh, scarf uh, dungeon. I don't know what to call it. My old room... Uh, I moved out of the house over the weekend, so
0: yay! So we should just we should change the title of this episode to like lack of scarves because both you and Alan are not showing scarves for this episode. Uh, maybe our last host or guest or whatever—I I guess host—because now she's uh, seems to be a regular in here. Maybe she has a scarf she can share with us. Maybe not. Maybe she just wants to eat food. And that's uh, Taylor. Taylor, how we doing?
3: I am good. Thank you. I don't have any scars, but maybe I can get one up for next week, but not, not right now, but next week we we'll for sure we'll get some.
0: Oh. Well, I got some scarves in the background, so I guess we do have some scarves going on here, right? There's a bunch of scarves from (laughs) Caline Coalition. There goes Alan pulling out some random scarf that we can see partway through. Um, And apparently Brad's the odd person out because he's the only one not wearing a hat tonight. Um, But let's do this. Let's get into talking about Orange County Soccer Club. Brad's going to go grab a hat now. I made him feel bad. Um, Let's talk about what's been going on. Uh, Obviously, it's been tough for us talking about this team over the last month or so. Uh, ever since the big win against Tulsa, it's been pretty uh, bleak as far as what we've seen uh, as fans uh, of the team, followers of the team, uh, and, you know, sort of media of the team. Uh, we weren't here last week, so we didn't get to discuss. So we're just going to briefly look back on that match uh, that saw Orange County lose in Lou City uh, to that team out there. Uh, anyone have any thoughts on that match? If you can't even remember back there, if you haven't forgotten or pushed it out of your mind, uh, and I'm just going to, I don't normally do this, but whoever wants to speak first, go.
1: What match? Uh, it's, it's not, uh, you can't give a yellow card when play has already stopped for denying of a goal scoring opportunity when the goal goes in. Uh, I think that was the yeah. biggest controversy from that match. Uh, loose City is a tough place to go play on the best of days. Or on the worst of days, which this was, kind of was. I don't think Lucidity played terribly well, but this is what Lucidity does: is they find ways to win even when they're not playing their best. Uh, and Orange County definitely had some looks, which were you know it, it showed some positive signs of life. Uh, but you know, Lucidity is going to Lucidity, and they're going to especially at home. They're they're a tough team to play. I think uh, second best in the East as far as home records concerned. Uh, yeah, their points per game are, are pretty darn good for uh, in the Eastern Conference. Uh, so, like, Orange County would have probably had to play, like, the best game they played all season to, to escape with the draw. Uh, so this really isn't um, a huge loss in the grand scheme of things. It really doesn't have any tiebreaker implications. Uh, you would have liked to have done a little bit better, but um, – like I said, you had some really nice moments um, as we're seeing in some of the highlights. And then you just concede a couple penalties, and that was the huge difference.
0: So um this is another one of those matches that we got to see uh, against the City where we're, we're seeing a former player, and uh, it's a former player that stepped up pretty big, uh, and that's uh, Danny Fondes. Uh Brad, what were your thoughts on that match against the City uh, and... Are we disappointed that uh, the result was what it was? Uh,
2: it's more mistakes, more mistakes, more mistakes. Uh, Longmire had himself a very, very poor debut. And I, I mean, you you look like you're playing a good game against a really good team up until it stopped going well in the second half. Uh, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, Orange County... Uh, kind of dropped the ball late on in this game. And after the first penalty was conceded, I turned off the game only to get another notification that we conceded another one. And I never went back and watched it. So
0: yeah, not a, not a good ending <laughs> of a, of a game. Um, I'm going to go to you Taylor. Cause you're the uh, expert defensive uh, player here when it comes to this. And uh, Brad brought up uh, Longmire and his sort of uh probably wants to forget this debut. Uh, give us your thoughts on, on how this goes. A new defender coming in on loan um, for Orange County and to make a couple of really poor mistakes that I, I believe both of his key mistakes led to the penalties uh, for Lou City. Um, what goes on in a player's mind when that's happening? And uh, uh, what is it like making that debut in the middle of a season like that if, if you ever had that opportunity?
3: I mean, it's just going to be a lot of um uncertainty and where people are going to be how people react like you don't know who's covering who um normally or he wouldn't know you know if he made a mistake there who would be there who wouldn't be there i guess um you know compared to being in a team that you've dealt with a lot Uh, you don't have anybody that knows your habits and you don't know anybody else's habits so it's probably like really hard adjustment this far into the season but um, I don't know. I think our main thing defensively right now is we need to just stop giving penalties like it's every game at this point. And to have two back to back like that is like, is ridiculous. I, I mean, a lot of them aren't like, t- to me, aren't true penalties. Like there's some in there that are like, you know, that should never have been called for a penalty. But we need to like be a little bit more conscious of that and try and avoid those happening.
0: Yeah, the, the interesting thing with uh, that, that first penalty, the lead up to that was uh, Longmire tr- making that cross um, from the right side, trying, I think, to get to the whoever the left center back is there. And um, I was watching that that play live. And I, I think uh, if you ask my family as I'm watching that, like right when that kick is made, I, I'm screaming, what are you doing? Because, I mean, I could see exactly where that ball was going to end up and – uh, you knew at that moment there was going to be trouble for the defense, and it definitely was. And then, of course, that second penalty where he uh, slid in the box—that's one of those things where you don't know as was a defender. Okay, there, feet. Alan. You okay? Uh, yeah, I was <laughs>
1: just coughing, and also like you—you you just don't go for a slide tackle in that in that situation.
0: Yeah, when you're when you're in the box, you have to be very uh, knowledgeable of of your positioning and what you're doing because, uh, although in the USL you don't see it uh-huh. as much. Uh, you do have players that'll even sort of simulate the contact uh, just to draw those fouls. So, um, in the end, Orange County goes to Loose City. Probably is one of those matches that we're penciling in at the beginning of the season, saying uh, if you can get a result, that is just gravy on the season, but more than likely it's going to be no result against a uh, Loose City, um, one of the better teams in the East, and also traveling uh, makes it difficult. So, uh, the troubles continued. Uh, we skipped an episode. And it changed the the whole the whole atmosphere, although it was against uh Loudoun United, uh, probably not the best team uh to be excited about. But I think at this point any win is a win, uh it is exciting for Orange County. So let's talk about that match. Um the shock and the surprise heading into kickoff there uh, was the change between the posts. Uh Patrick Rakowski uh sits this match and we have uh was it Colin uh Shutler Shutter. I forget how to say his name. I, I he hasn't played, so I, I can't quite remember. And uh, unfortunately I'm busy uh, and I don't have his information up here. But um what's uh what's going on? Uh, Taylor, were you at that match by any chance?
3: Uh we weren't there, but we did that watch was,
0: it. Okay. So yeah. I was gonna ask, uh I, I I know you said you had missed a match and I for whatever reason I thought the other match, I don't know why. Um so I want to know what's going on in the fans' mind when you see that change in the starting lineup. So I'm gonna go to you first, Taylor. Uh, when, when you find out that it wasn't Patrick Korkovsky start, starting, it's the basically backup keeper starting. Um, is that a little nerve wracking for the fans? And, uh, are we already sort of looking at penciling in as though this may not be the result we wanted?
3: So I hadn't looked at the lineup uh, prior to the game and we, d- we turned it on like as it was kickoff. So I found out that Shuttler was in goal by letting in the goal <laughs> in the first, what, first minute, second minute. And then we were like, Oh, this is how that's going to go. Um, and then like, he completely turned that around and, and had, for me, he had a great game. Um, but yeah, it was definitely kind of a big shock. I mean, teams don't tend to switch up really, no matter how bad you know, you're doing in a season, teams don't t- typically switch up who their starting goalie is like outside of an injury. So it was kind of interesting to see. And I mean, we've been saying like the last couple of weeks, is it time for a change? Um, and I think quite a few of us, including myself, kind of were like, yeah, I don't think Rakowski the issue that needs change, and he may still not be. Um, but, like, I think it was a, a good switch up this weekend for sure, having Shuttler in there.
0: And, and it could very well be just you're, you're getting Rakowski, uh, a sort of night off or day off. I mean, it was a 5 o'clock kickoff because there is a midweek match coming up against San Diego. So that could very well be what's going on. I don't know or I haven't heard of any concerns with injuries or anything like that, unless if anyone has heard that, let me know. Um, how, um, I'm going to go to you, Alan, how, uh, nervous, frustrated, concerned are we when, uh, Louden scores in the first minute or two of this match, uh, in, in what looks like another defensive mistake, basically, uh, are we worried about that? And are we looking at it already? Like, okay, how many goals are we going to give up? And what are, what's the amount we're going to lose by at that point? Or are you, do you have faith in this team even at that point?
1: Um, there, there's a little bit of like. Uh-oh, here we go again. I mean, Loudon played really well uh, early on against Phoenix uh, when they beat them in Loudon. Uh, these two teams are unpredictable at times, right? Like, they Loudon had a pretty decent run at the beginning of the season, uh, but they're clearly uh, not quite to the same standard as, you know, a, a typical USL team. But anytime you give up a goal that early, you have to, to worry, uh, you know it wasn't like a huge worry. It's just like, you you have to turn this around quickly. And luckily, I mean, good for orange County that they were able to bounce back. Uh, But then if you look at the highlight right now, it's like, you give up uh, another penalty, pretty, probably questionable penalty here. But again, like you get behind the player. This is what we talked about. Um, I talked about some of the San Diego folks with is anytime you're coming in from behind and you make contact, the the ref's probably going to blow a pen. Like, it's, it's just there's never going to be a clean tackle coming from behind, even if you're if you, if you get the ball, they're going to be like, oh, you we went to the player. It's a penalty. Um, I think it's a little unfortunate. I mean, fortunately, it was a save, but this this game could have very easily been, you know, two one loud in. And then you're talking about trying to come back again. Uh, but, you know, Orange County really battled um, and never gave up on the game, which is great. It's it's a good sign for him. But it right when I saw that go in, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me already. Um, <laughs> but they responded pretty well.
0: Uh, let me go to you, Brad. Uh, in that moment there where uh, we saw earlier with the penalty awarded to Loudon, um, is, is there any argument that could be made from a Loudon fan that, uh, that could be considered a denial of goal scoring opportunity and a potential straight red? Um, and, and did Orange County get lucky there? I know we got a red later uh, for Peterson but did Orange County luck out there and not get a not getting a red there de- uh, at that point.
2: Um if I'm loud and I'm more upset that my player went down instead of getting a shot on an open goal. Um that was probably the best chance that someone was ever going to get for a goal. Um as for denial of a goal scoring opportunity, it looks like he wasn't even trying to shoot. He looks like he's trying to draw contact. Um some referees might say that that's red card worthy um for me, it's probably still just a yellow because he's not moving the ball towards goal. Although it still could be, you know, it's it's definitely a judgment call. So, sure, Loudon fans, if there are any, could feel a little a little scathed on that, but he should have scored. You know, he had every opportunity to. He had the goalie beat. Um, all he had to do was just kick the ball, and he played for a penalty. So greedy and didn't pay off.
0: Uh, let me go to you, Taylor, because uh, we've sort of debated here on denial of goal scoring opportunities in the past. Um, I don't know if you consider yourself knowledgeable in in h- how that rule works or what's a card and what's not. Um, based on what we saw in that play, uh, obviously if uh, Colin Shuttler... you see him reach out for the leg and he misses if he grabs that leg that's probably a straight red card for the keeper which would really suck so he got lucky in that situation but um, in what you saw there with Roscoe sort of bumping from behind in your mind would that be uh, a denial of goal scoring opportunity or is the call sort of correct there and just give a yellow
3: I think the call was correct I mean I don't think it was like a like a bad tackle it was there was no like uh, we said already, like he wasn't shooting, like had his leg gone out to, to even tap it in, then maybe you could have argued a little bit more, but it, it just wasn't there. I mean, the only person that denied that goal was himself by not like shooting, like he, he wasn't even trying.
1: I think we've I think seen, you. I think we've seen a few of these be red cards, because uh, if you push or pull, it's a straight red. But because Michael Orozco is attempting to play the ball, or at least have the opportunity to to play the ball, uh, I think this is clearly a yellow card. Orozco is not grabbing, pushing, or pulling, which tends to be the red card, which we've seen against Phoenix. Uh, We saw it early in the season against Luce City um, in San Diego. Um, I think if Orozco grabs him, that's a red. I think if Orozco pushes him, that's a red. But I think Orozco is smart enough to know that those things are red cards, and that Uh, If his feet get tangled, he's only going to get a yellow, uh, even if it is considered a dog. So um, because he is attempting or has the opportunity to play the ball Um, because every other factor, because I think there's four factors, every other factor is is met. He's moving toward the goal, not moving away from the goal. Um, He is in a position to score. Um, So I, this would have been the harshest red. I think I've seen all season, uh, if Orozco gets a red, uh, regardless, if you think he's trying to play the ball, he has ability to, and he it's with the feet. So I, I think this is clearly the right call, um, and I think Orozco is smart enough to to know those rules. To if he's trying to take the guy down and and enforce a penalty versus an open goal, because as a defender, right, you're like you're taking the chances, an open goal versus a penalty kick with a young kid on Loudon, like I might take that chance of saying, all right put it on the spot and beat us versus if I let him go, it's an open goal. And that's for sure a goal.
0: Perfect. Yeah, and, it, and let's oh go Brad. Oh,
2: it was a great restraint from the referee, not pulling a red card there because I probably would have just, you know, being as unknowledgeable as a ref as I am. Um, however, I know it's like I'm wearing a ref Jersey. Um, however, with that said, uh, definitely some, more questionable calls later on
0: obviously one of them or one of the uh situations there is uh danny peterson picking up two yellows uh, and getting the red so he got sent off uh maybe questionable on on one of those yellows i believe was sort of was it did it merit a yellow i can't quite remember off the top of my head um i mean but it's usl we're used to this right we're used to questionable calls we're used to uh poor decisions from the ref or the ref falling for tricks or, or whatever it would be. So, um, that's sort of a repeated theme. So there's really no need to get frustrated about that. Let's talk really quick before we move on about Milan Oloski, uh, and his, uh, amazing goal. He, he scored two goals in this match, but that one that is up for goal of the week or was up for goal week. I don't know when the voting stops for that. Um, what a goal, what a goal, right? Uh, Taylor, uh, Obviously, it sucks that we missed that live in person because that w- would have been awesome. It was on the side where Caroline uh, Coalition sits. I'm sure they enjoyed seeing that go in. Um, but so, what's a uh, what were your thoughts on Olasky And has he already locked down like player of the year for the team? I mean, should we just give him the Orange and Black Soccer Cast Award for Player of the Year at this point, or fan favorite, or whatever else we can give him?
3: I mean, I, I, in this house, he definitely is fan favorite. He's definitely. Um, you know player of the year already for us here uh we'll see how the rest of the season goes but he has that pretty locked down um that the the goal was like an absolute banger um I wasn't expecting it I don't think um the team were expecting it the fans weren't you saw how quickly everybody went from sitting to to standing up like it was just it was just perfect and like kind of all regards and everybody was kind of taken aback by it so I think it was really good goal good way to solidify that win too
0: yeah. And, and, you know, I'd love to say it's like a lock for goal of the year, but we got to remember that Kobe Henry goal uh, from earlier in the season is probably up there with us as far as just difficulty um, out of nowhere type goal. Uh, so I could expect that to potentially be a, a, a candidate for that. Um, Alan, um, what do you think Milan Oloski, Um Can it get any better at this point with what he's doing for this club, the way the club's playing and he's, he's playing at a level up here and the rest of the club seems to be, trying to keep up with him, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the be- that the beginning of the other question is, could you replace Ronaldo Damas? And I think Milan Alaski is doing his absolute best to fill that role as much as possible. Uh, several people asked, like, who are we? Who should San Diego be looking out for tomorrow night? And, you know, the first player out of everyone's mouth is Milan Alasky. Uh, He has the ability to turn a game. Uh, he has the ability to score some pretty amazing goals, uh, like we saw, but also... Uh, he's a technical enough player to really you know take on two or three defenders and really create his own shot. So it's, it's not a shock that he has nine goals on the season, the way he's been playing recently. And I mean, he's a guy that if, if orange County can figure out their midfield issues, uh, and solidify the defense, like milan is the guy who's getting you game winning goals every week. Um, or at least is involved in some of those game winning goals every week. Yeah, He's not going to score every game, uh, but you know, he is, his play, his ability to create space, his ability to shoot. Um, I mean, nine goals in 15 starts, 16 games. That's, that's pretty darn good. Um, he's had maybe like one stinker out of the past, you know, six or seven games. Um, so he, he is a standout player. And for one, for sure that that teams are trying to key on, but, He's good enough to even if you're keying on him to to get some goals um, when when you're looking out for him.
0: Brad, your thoughts on Milan Milan Alaski and that amazing goal?
2: Yeah, I mean the goal was um, definitely it it could and should win goal of the week. Although uh, with how voting can be a popularity contest, I'm sure Leo Fernandez out of Tampa might win it. Um, but no, the best the best or the person who has benefited the most from Milan's uh, resurgence this year or emergence this year is uh cubo cubo himself, I think has eight goals on the season too. And a lot of them are coming from um, teams are putting men on Milan and cubo is your striker striker. Who's going to find the garbage goals. And he has a bunch of headers on the season and, Uh, definitely made a lot of uh, plays off of it. But Milan is for sure one of those players that we're going to have this season. He's going to play out the rest of the season, um, and then teams are going to be looking to buy him, uh, without a doubt in my mind. He's definitely shown that he can thrive on this level. He shows that he can create. Uh, His goal was absolutely phenomenal, and he definitely has been given the Liberty to take whatever shots he wants. So
0: let's just, let's just say, hopefully, um, hopefully obviously he wanted to come here probably to play with his brother, Brian, and he hasn't really got that opportunity this season. So maybe he'll decide let's do another year in orange County so I can play with Brian and and we'll get to see that. And we get another year out of him Um, or he gets sold right before the season starts to some team in uh, one of the lower first divisions in Europe, um, a la Ronaldo Damas. I don't know if he'd actually go that route, but, um, let's just do this really quick, uh, with the matches that have been completed. Let's look at our, uh, playing for pride, um, contest here. And it looks like Alan, you have uh, taken the lead in the contest here thank you milan
1: alasky that's all like that's pretty much all milan alasky to be to be frank i think
0: <laughs> what a pick hey, i didn't i have milan on our on my team i think everyone picked milan uh basically but um he's been doing really well so alan is now in first he overtook dylan um hopefully these are correct brad submitted these to andy and i got them created Oh, you didn't. These were Andy, from Andy. Andy just pulled them up. So
2: they're probably. Right. I thought
0: you gave him the numbers. I thought you were giving. No, the no,
2: numbers, I gave but... him our uh, our score prediction numbers. Prediction.
0: Okay. So this is what it looks like going here. So uh, I probably won't catch up to you, Alan, with one uh, match remaining. But Dylan still has a chance. I don't know what the rosters look like, um, and uh, whoever had uh, Shuttler on their team for what one dollar um, had yeah. a, a nice uh, bonus of points this past weekend. So that was pretty cool. Um, let's look ahead. Now we got two matches coming up. We have one actually tomorrow as we're speaking here. So on Wednesday, I believe against San Diego Allen's home team. Um, this should be interesting. It's, uh, at Torero stadium, I believe. And, um, it's a little scary, but this is, Hey, at least orange County is on a roll. They got a win. I consider that a roll at this point with the way the season's going. Um, anytime you can get a, a, a nice, easy victory is awesome in honor of, Orange County playing San Diego. I bought a beer the other day. It's called a uh, fistful of gummies. It is from second chance beer company, which is pretty cool. Um, I I didn't even realize this when I bought it, but I read the can second chance beer proudly supports local dog rescues, which is pretty cool. So not only am I getting a a cool, interesting flavored sour, I'm uh, helping support doggies. So that's always fun.
1: Yeah. I think I have a beer that's like specific, like they give more money from that beer to, um, those issues uh they're also a supporter of one of the uh, local supporting group supporter groups uh, you can go and if you're a member of the locals you can go and get like a dollar off a of beer so um they're so basically they're, if they're i f- want
0: some of their beer alan i i just reach out to you you go yeah. grab it me and i get a discount i
1: don't think it's on cans but if you want to meet up and on, on a weekend okay. where no one's playing and we'll, we'll meet up at second chance brewing and Anyone The so next down.
0: time I'm down in San Diego, I'll reach out to you. We'll have to go down, and, and you can save me a dollar off beer. You but, mean you're uh, not coming I'm down go... tomorrow? Uh, I I wish I could. It's... I heard they're bringing a bus. Here, here's the thing. If you didn't know, I work at UC Irvine, and I, I'm a financial analyst, and we run off a fiscal calendar. So right now is like the worst part of the year for uh, people in my mind. It's trying to get everything approved so that – If uh, someone like Taylor decides, Hey, can I get the records from all your finances for fiscal year 22? I have to make sure it looks good. So when Taylor goes to read it, it doesn't look like anything is shady um, on there, but please don't do that. Taylor.
3: Of course not.
1: I mean, Mikey, (laughs) a a bus with 12 people is still 12 more people than would have come if the bus wasn't there. And uh, I, I know a lot of people in San Diego are excited when away fans come and support their club. Um, it, it's it's always nice to see away fans in in the stadium uh i personally think that orange county and san diego have two of the best facilities in san diego to watch a soccer match championship soccer stadium is phenomenal uh if you've not yet been to Torero stadium i encourage you to it is a little bit cavernous the pitch is like lowered and you're like over the pitch it's great um but it should be a pretty interesting matchup um Richard Chapelo has never lost to San Diego, uh, so he puts that streak on the line. He is two and zero. Oh. Uh, I believe he took over right before the San Diego match, and they won. And then there was that one nil, basically uh, solidifying Orange County's home uh, playoff and sending San Diego on the road last year uh, with a pretty hard fought and pretty engaging one nil uh, victory for Orange County last year. So. I think San Diego folks are looking forward to this. I hope Orange County fans are as well. Um, San Diego is a little bit different team than they were last year. So um,
0: yeah. But hopefully uh, they continue to lose to Orange County with Richard Chappelow, um managing or coaching on the sidelines. Um, let's see. And maybe one day we'll figure out a way to get a, uh, party bus down to san diego for a match so we'll actually get like a party bus with you know full on you know with poles and strobe lights and um uh, maybe even a karaoke machine or something going on in that and just have a fun old ride down to san diego that'd be pretty cool uh, maybe that'll convince brad to move on down here um let me ask you alan um what should orange county be scared of when it comes to san diego what's 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 working for san diego this year uh
1: san diego is a uh their press has been really good recently, uh, really high press, putting uh, pressure on back lines, getting really high turnovers. And once they turn over, they attack really vertically and really quickly. Uh, usually through Alejandro Guido, he's kind of uh, resurged this year. Um, and then unlike last year where it was kind of like maybe like a, a striker, maybe a, a secondary striker, Kyle Vassell is like the real deal in uh, the number nine. But then you also have multiple guys on the on the wings who you have to target as well. Nick Moon is having a phenomenal season as well. Um, I, I think, yeah, whenever the announcers say Landon Donovan, same thing. Like, I, I wish they'd focus more on the play on the pitch because San Diego's playing pretty well. Uh, San Diego does have a tendency to push real high and, and fight the counter press. Uh, which sometimes leaves a little bit of openness uh, for guys like Milan Olasky to have some love uh, if they can find some space uh, with pace. Um, So I think Orange County can get something out of this if uh, their counterattack is good. Uh, But San Diego really likes to press high. They turn over they attack. And um, the way they've been playing right now, it's kind of pick your poison. Tumi Moshabani, who was the lead scorer last year, uh, he's only scored three, but uh, is, I think, in second place for assists this season. So he's dropped back. Uh, like I said, Alejandro Guido's having a resurgence uh, kind of as a number 10-ish. Uh, but if you mark Kyle Vassell, that leaves kind of your wingers open. If you play out wide like any 11 try to do against him last weekend, and open the middle. And um, if San Diego is ruthless in front of goal, there, uh, there are very few teams that can stop them. Uh, but they do have... A tendency to be a little bit
0: weak on the back line. Um, let's go. Let's go to Taylor. Um, are you, let me first ask you: Are you making the trip down to San Diego or Saint Diego tomorrow?
3: No, we are not, but we will be watching from home for sure. Awesome. Uh, especially um, all w- excitement off of the win.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so then, are you going to partake in some sort of fun game like El Patron de Grayson does, where anytime we hear the word Landon Donovan? We take a drink of something.
3: I have work Thursday morning. So, uh, you know, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe uh, it'll just be a, you know, high five to each other every time. I don't know. So, but, you know, we definitely get two shots or a drink.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so what do you what do you want to see out of Orange County heading down to San Diego uh, to keep up the momentum from the win this past weekend?
3: I think um, just need to do what they were doing a tiny bit better. Uh, from from last weekend you know like just kind of build from that I mean I think that's probably good footage to be watching and and to like be like you instead of being like don't do this at all you need to be doing this it's kind of like do this but a little tighter do this but a little quicker so I think if we just kind of see them try and uh, mirror last uh, weekend's game then I think they'll be on on a better path this time.
0: Uh, And let me go to you, Brad. Um, Can Orange County look at anything from the tapes from last year's matches? Or is this Orange County team and San Diego team just so much different that you really can't um, use any of that from last year into this upcoming match?
2: I mean, Alan's more of the expert here. But correct me if I'm wrong. San Diego returns most of their roster from last year, right? So, I mean, you can probably learn something from tapes last year. But I don't know if we have the the manpower to kind of replicate what was successful. Um, maybe we do. Uh, I don't know how successful we'll be, but I mean, also you don't Taylor, sound if...
0: confident, Brad, you don't I'm sound not. confident.
2: My back's killing me, but uh, Taylor, uh, if you're going to play a high five game instead of uh, a drinking game, you're still not going to go to work tomorrow because at the rate they talk about Landon Donovan, your hand's going to be sore and falling <laughs> off.
0: Is this is true. But maybe Taylor doesn't need her hand for whatever job she does on Thursday. Um, but uh, <laughs> what, uh, what, what are we thoughts? Uh, I, I, I believe I know Alan's going to pick San Diego uh, in, in, as the winner on this. Even before we go to predictions, um, Taylor, how confident are you that Orange County can uh, get a full result of three points against San Diego? Not just a one-point result, but a full three points.
3: I'm going to be like an optimistic 65% that we will get three points.
0: That's that's a, that's a pretty high percentage mm-hmm. on the road. Uh, a team that's ahead of you that you're looking up on on the table. Um, Brad?
2: I feel like one-third of the time we're going to lose. One-third of the time we're going to win. And one-third of the time we're going to draw. And I'm in that's a gambling very- state, so...
0: Yeah, that's not uh, very... Uh- Creative there, Brad. Um, Uh let wheel. Let's go. Can can I say this, Brad? If you're gonna partake in El Patron de Grayson's game, you gotta do shots of Malort.
2: I mean, I know you guys can't see it with the green screen. I don't have much left. Also, I made a uh I made a deal with him uh if you read our article that we posted today or really uh Grayson posted today. Um I'm gonna give up the Malort for a month if we can get four points this weekend.
0: Or more. All right. Well, let's see if that can ha- I, I really hope that happens because uh, that means good things. That means Alan's crying uh, there um, just outside of Petco Park or something. I don't know. I, I know uh, Torero Stadium and Petco Park are nowhere near each other, but I, I always just picture Alan hanging out with uh, the, the people outside of Petco Park, um, hanging out in a tent, crying when his San Diego team loses. Um, let's uh, do this. There's not just that game. We also have the dreaded uh, – Butterfly fans coming in uh, to town, I believe coming into town, right? Or are we on the road against them? I can't remember. On the road. On, on the road. road. So we're visiting the Butterflies. Um, for those of you who don't know, the Butterflies are a reference to uh, Phoenix Rising, who uh, quite surprisingly, I guess, I guess not surprisingly, but they're struggling too. They're not having the greatest of season and their fan base is sort of turning on them a little bit, I think, um, from what we're seeing. Is that correct? Uh, who... Brad, I think you've mentioned it in chats and I think Alan's talked about it here and there. Um,
3: Taylor, what do you know about Phoenix rising? Um, I know that we beat them last year. (laughs) Um, you know, not much. I think, um, I think it'll be an interesting game because neither, neither of our teams are, uh, how they were the last time we played. Um, like Phoenix isn't playing up to their standards. We have a pretty new team. Um, lots of different rosters on there we haven't really been playing up to our standard either of what we're capable of so i think it'll be kind of interesting and i I hope that it's um both teams are a little elevated in in their game um performance but but we'll see and i think it'll be interesting to see which goalkeeper we have in two note for well for san diego first and then also going on building from that too for the phoenix game as well it'll be interesting
0: yeah that'll be very interesting because i don't know maybe you know coming off a uh, what man? Of the, uh, player of the week. Uh, nod there from uh, Shutler. Do you bench him now against either San Diego or Phoenix, or do you go with the rotation plan? That's that'll be interesting to see. Um, Alan, have you seen Phoenix this year? And if so, uh, what are you thinking with this match against Orange County?
1: Yeah, there's Phoenix is in a in a weird spot right now. I think there's accusations of lost locker rooms. But I think if you watch some of their most recent games, like the 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 Vegas Phoenix game, um, was not nearly as uh, of a beating as you know you would expect. They still scored two goals. They scored three against Loudon. Uh, they're just kind of in a poor run of form, and this happens, right? You you kind of spiral out, and you don't get wins that you might be should have. You don't get draws that you might have should have. Um, but I, I think. You know, historically, Orange County's not done terribly well going to Phoenix because uh, it's like hot and miserable and it sucks. Um, but this is the the one opportunity to really um, solidify that Phoenix Rising is uh, in a tailspin. If you can get something out of them in Phoenix, uh, which historically has been a terribly tough place to get wins, but as of late. Um, they lost to Locomotive. They lost to Birmingham. Uh, they lost to Tampa Bay. Uh, so they haven't won at home in, in a while. Um, so the fans are are calling for you know Rick Shans to be fired. Uh, there is uh, some controversy over a lack of a statement over a Supreme Court decision that came down. Uh, so the fans are definitely demanding a lot of this team, and there's a lot of pressure there. And, but on the flip side, you also still have Aiden Quinn, who is almost single handedly trying to save their season at this point. Uh, kind of, he, he's he's scored what? Uh, four goals in the last three goals in the last two games.
0: You got to uh, get the he, name right, Alan. You got to get the name yeah, I, right. Adorn.
1: I, I, adorn. And then I can't pick against him because then he'll come on the show and, and, Sneak a question Call you out. out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, they still have the players. They still have the talent. They're still Phoenix Rising. Um, but this is the chance for Orange County to really kind of put a nail in the coffin as far as, uh, as Phoenix Rising is concerned. So I think if they do end up uh, losing to Orange County, uh, things may start to move. Because it's one of those, like, you're in a bad run of form. You're not too far off the pace. But to lose to someone like Orange County, who you or have a rivalry with who you go back uh, that I think it means a little bit more to lose to an orange County team uh, than it does to lose to a, a Vegas team who if for some reason, Vegas is, is playing really well as of late.
0: Yeah. Um, be interesting to see what happens if, everything goes great for orange County this weekend by the end of the match against Phoenix, orange County can leapfrog Phoenix in the standings and no longer be second from the bottom. They'll actually be third from the bottom at that bottom at that point. Uh, but that would take, um, you know, results, good results against both Phoenix and San Diego. I don't know what the point differential is between the two teams, um, but I, I believe um well, I believe Orange County has the better goal differential. So if you get a, a draw against San Diego and a win against Phoenix, we would uh, jump ahead of Phoenix in the standings, which would be pretty cool. Although Phoenix would have a game in hand, so that's always different there. Um, Brad, what, uh, what does Orange County need to do? And I don't want to hear the typical answer that comes out your way of uh, score goals and don't give up goals. Um, but what does Orange County have to do to get a full three points against Phoenix in the desert?
2: stop Aiden Quinn um i mean i figure that's just as easy an answer um no orange county is never going to is never going to have a clean sheet is what we've kind of determined our one clean sheet came against atlanta too which is not very good in of itself um but if you can if you can uh, make sure aiden quinn doesn't score and you can put more balls into the back of the net than the other team can. Uh, no, just better defense needs to stick up uh, and play a full 90 minutes. It's going to be a very hot game down there. I think it's 96 at kickoff. And uh, if the team is conditioned well enough, hopefully uh, they can play a good full game.
0: Yeah, I know uh, Orange County fans tend to not like Solomon Asante over the past few seasons because he's been really that gnat that uh, just bugs you all the time. But it seems like Phoenix is missing Solomon Asante this season. I think maybe he was that glue for Phoenix that like kept things going and, and kept the team uh, going in the right direction instead of the locker room falling apart. Um, Does that sound like something you would think of there, Alan, Um, that it's really Solomon Asante gone Phoenix struggles.
1: I mean, there there's definitely some, something weird going on there. There's some, the, the chemistry is off, right? This is like, to make a basketball analogy for you, Ray, this is like the Lakers when they signed Malone and uh, Peyton, Ray right? Peyton. You, had, yep. you had these like superstars, but they just couldn't gel together to make a team. And Phoenix has they, been...
0: They did make it to the finals, though. They just couldn't yeah, win in the right. finals. What,
1: what I mean is like it had that, that vibe of it was a collection of players, not a team. And, so can we
0: go? Can we go more relevant, more current? And say LeBron James, sure, Anthony Davis, Russell sure, Westbrook. Sure. Okay.
1: Same um, thing. But it, it's and and Phoenix has been able to get away with it because they've been able to play really well together as an attacking unit. They've always been a little bit leaky at the back, right? Um, but now that the front line is, is is sputtering, the back line now is is an issue. Um, it. I, it's weird because it's it's not like there's not talent on that pitch. It's not like there's guys who can't play. But, I mean, right now, I think with with Phoenix, the, it's the, the same as it always is with Phoenix, right? If you can frustrate them early, maybe not even ha- – you don't even have to have a lead. Just frustrate them early. Um, you can get something out of it. The, the other thing that Phoenix likes to do is come back late. So if you can frustrate them early and then play the full 90 – Uh, you have a really good chance of getting something out of Phoenix Um, because I think if you frustrate them early they're in a mental state right now where they're oh no they're here we go again you know the fans are already ready to turn on them and even though they're at home you got to push them uh, and not concede early and then uh, make sure that you don't Uh, mentally check out toward the end of the game when it's going to be hot and you're going to be exhausted. So substitutes are going to be really key, who you bring on, who you have available. Um, The turnaround is going to be tough, right? You play Wednesday and then Saturday, but uh, Peterson serving the one-game suspension, he'll be fresh in the midfield, and that might actually be beneficial uh, for Orange County to have someone like that. And then depending on who you have available, coming back from injury as well, um, those subs are going to be super important to see out the 90 minutes in a hot Phoenix night.
0: So basically what you're saying is let's uh, get uh, Rob Kiernan healthy somehow, some way, clone him, and then clone a bunch of Miko Koningas's and get under the skin of Phoenix, and then we're, we're good to go there. That'd be uh, awesome if we could yep. do that, right? Wouldn't that be awesome if you could do that, like, you you know, video game style, just make copies of, of like, Miko Caningus and just throw them all over the pitch, just getting under people's skin. I was like, um, we can do
1: an 80s retro night where we just weird science it.
2: Uh, I was going to say that's why uh, Ray is a uh, fantasy football manager and not real life
0: football manager. What do you mean?
1: Just don't football ask for manager. more money.
0: Yeah, just don't ask Oliver for more money, or he, or well, no, you can ask, and he'll tell you no. Just don't leak it to the press on your like second week on the job, because then he fires you, and then you have to go work for like LA Wolves or something like that. Um, Taylor, last thoughts on this Phoenix match. And and I'm going to ask you the same question I asked you last time, how confident you are that Orange County can get a full three points in the desert.
3: I'm going to go with like a 60, 55, 60% now. So it will drop a little just purely because like there's route rivalry there. Um, I think they only have like one point over San Diego. I know they're like higher, way higher up in the, in the, the chart, but I think it's only like a one point difference or something like that. But Or is it the other way around? Oh, no, they're just above us, huh? Yeah. They're just above
0: us. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, maybe I'll I'll keep it. I'll give give them a 60% chance that we'll get the three points then. I'll I'll put it there. I think if we can capitalize off of like Phoenix's defensive mistakes and if we can just like make tactical um, fouls as opposed to just fouling and try and maybe not, you know, give away penalties unless it's, you know, open goal like we were talking about, but not give away penalties, that is going to be a huge a huge difference for us. Let's not give
0: away penalties. Let's try and not do that. And we actually can maybe have a good chance uh, to get uh, six points over the next couple of matches here, which would be pretty awesome. Um, let's do this uh, really quick. Before we make our predictions, we got to do two games, two match predictions for uh, predictions for the match against San Diego. And then against Phoenix, here's the standings as of right now. Um, I'm in last place for the podcast. At least um, the four of us that started at the beginning of the season. Uh, look at... Uh, I'm catching now, up. I see Grayson on there, but I think that's actually El Patron de Grayson that, uh, that that uh, 73 is for, running away with it. So congratulations there. I'm going to have to uh, figure out what the prize is because at this point, it looks like you might get a prize. Um, El Patron de Grayson. Logan and Nathan are, are hanging in there too. Um, so let's do this. Let's make predictions first for the San Diego match. Now, Dylan isn't here. So I'm going to... Uh, ask you all this. Do we just let uh, Taylor pick for Dylan and hopefully Taylor picks outrageous predictions. So Dylan does not get points and it gives all of us a chance to catch up. Or do we want to do it some other way? I'm going to ask Brad because you're the closest one to Dylan. How do you want to do it, Brad? I feel like,
2: uh, just do the same thing this week where Taylor picks again.
0: All right. So Taylor is, uh, picking in place of Dylan. Uh, so let's do this. So first match is at San Diego. Um, just give the Orange County score first, followed by San Diego score, and we'll go from there. So um, since Dylan's in the lead, Taylor, I'll give you first pick. What's the score I'm, here against San Diego?
3: I'm gonna say OCSC three, San Diego two.
0: Awesome. Brad, what's your prediction? Um
2: I'm gonna go with the Dylans uh one to one.
0: Alan, what's your prediction? Three one San Diego. Alan's going to love me on this because I'm going to predict his team to win. It's going to be 5-0 San Diego uh, in this match. 5-0 San Diego.
1: I mean, it happened on Saturday.
0: <laughs> um, so Dylan's not here to get mad at me for making that prediction, which is pretty cool too. Uh, and then let's move on to the Phoenix match. Um, we will go in that same order. Taylor, what is your prediction against Phoenix? Um,
3: I, I think, I think it will be a 1-1 there.
0: 1-1 against Phoenix. And mm-hmm. then Brad?
3: I'm going to
2: have some hope that I'm going to give up my Malort. I'm going to say it's a crazy 3-2 game.
0: 3-2 for Orange County. Nice. Uh, Alan?
1: Uh, I'm going go to go 2-2. I was going to go 1-1, and then Taylor went 1-1. So
0: I'm going to go 2-2. 2-2. I'm going to go 5-0 Butterflies. Um, and I'm going to ask this, I'm going I'm to call out all Orange County fans, anyone that listens to the podcast, t- tweet it out, ask your friends to do this. Let's all just tag uh, Phoenix Rising fans, supporters groups, and just send out uh, GIFs or pictures or videos of butterflies and just let's get them riled up for the match this weekend um, and get them all upset on this because, uh, yeah, I just, I, I just feel like being that person, that, that uh, annoying podcast host that's just trying to get under the, the skin of those fans. Can we do it? Can all of you, let me ask Alan, Brad, Taylor, will you all do it? Will you tag some Phoenix supported groups, fans, team, and, and send out pictures and videos of butterflies?
3: Yeah, we can do that. There we go.
0: Taylor doesn't even know why I'm asking her to do that, uh, but she's uh, like, I'll I'm, do it. Whatever I'm not you say. The... What'd you say, Brad?
2: I'm not a, ba- I'm not a banter person. I, I usually oh. like to not cause drama. <laughs>
0: So Taylor, just so you know what you're getting into if you do this, is I got some slack from some Phoenix fans. We had a, 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 a host from one of the Phoenix shows on, and we were talking about stuff, and I, I, I made a comment similar to the difference between where we live and Phoenix is we have so many more things to do here, and I had recently visited Phoenix, and I said all there was out there was a butterfly garden, and apparently the Phoenix fans did not like that comment when I said that. They got really upset about yes, it. I... Um, so it's been my thing now whenever I'm talking about Phoenix is to throw out a, a, a picture, video, or a gif of a, a of butterflies just to remind them of, of the time that they didn't like me. So Perfect. It, if that changes your mind, if you don't want to do it, you don't want to start trouble with Phoenix fans. No one's given me like they they haven't come and you know threatened me with violence. They've just they just sort of called me stupid names and said that I was an idiot for thinking that Phoenix only has butterfly gardens. So <laughs> Hi Phoenix, if you're, (laughs)
3: um,
0: let's do this. We got to wrap things up. It's getting a little late. So any soccer news from anyone, anyone want to share anything interesting from the soccer world?
1: Uh, I'm going to shout out, uh, John Morrissey at USL tactics. He's been putting out tons of content and, uh, him and some other folks have started back healed. Uh, and so, uh, it's free content and it's pretty good. Um, I think Joe Lowry from uh the Total Soccer Show uh is also contributing as well. Uh so if you want to give him uh a follow uh, it's backheeled.com and they put out like a weekly soccer uh newsletter that John Morrissey always includes some nuggets about USL.
0: And we we sort of Got to maybe apologize to John Morrissey because I think before the season started, a lot of Orange County fans were giving him a hard time for being so negative on Orange County, but it seems like he knew what he was talking about that Orange County may not be in that same level as they were last season. Um, So apparently he's actually pretty good at what he does. Um, Any other soccer stuff anyone wants to share before we move on to our random thoughts?
3: Um, NC Courage's, Carson Pickett got her first or is getting her first cap uh with the US national team uh today.
0: I know yeah. you're a huge NC Courage fan supporter um Taylor so awesome to hear. Brad Brad I I got to ask you up- are, Wait, really quick Brad, are are your uh, are your boys over at Everton are they going to send us like half the roster over to Tottenham? Only but if I'm you hearing, send us half of your roster.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm hearing, too. Uh, only if you guys send us half the roster back.
0: We already sent you uh, Delhi. We don't want Delhi. <laughs> Go ahead. What were you going to say, Brad?
2: Um, I wanted to give a, a big shout-out over to Larry for uh, the articles he's been posting. If you haven't read them, um, they are very in-depth. And uh, some good content that you get for free over on our orange and black soccer cast website. And uh, we look forward to getting you more stuff like that on our, on our web pages soon.
0: Yeah, definitely. And if anyone ever wants to, you know, try their hands at writing something, contributing something to our website um, you can write, you can, if you want to send us photos that you take from the matches. Um, If you want to come on our podcast, just reach out to us and let us know. And we'll try and get you on here. Um, We try to, we want this to be a, a, an inclusive fan thing here. Um, and we appreciate what uh, uh, Larry did to uh, contribute some written stuff to our website. Cause I know that's been lacking over the last uh, two to three years. So uh, thank you, Larry. And again, anyone wants to do that, let us know. Um, let's get to our random thoughts then. Uh, and I'm going to go to you first, Taylor Taylor, what's your random thought for the night?
3: Yeah. Not so uh, random, I guess, with the times that we're in, but you know, this week of course, or well last week now, but um, SCOTUS opinion that was handed down the impact that's having for you know, everyone basically, uh, female or male, um, and anything in between is just a very bad time for privacy rights, healthcare rights, anything like that. And then also the not so subtle um, implications by not just the concurrent uh, opinion, but the majority opinion too. Basically, the other um, cases need to be reviewed, which is sad because one of which, you know, today's um, Stonewall, as we can see. Um, you know, memory of that and it's Pride Month and now they're here same month letting us know that that's a case that needs to be reviewed and would more than likely with the current demographic of the court would be overturned as well. And we also found out from that, that 25 states um, of the 50 uh, have trigger laws for same-sex marriage. So same-sex marriage would automatically and instantly be banned in 25 states in the U.S. if Oberfell was to be overturned.
0: Oh, yes, yes, yes. I I was reading um, uh, the lead singer Green Day, is like ready to renounce his uh, US citizenship over uh, the decision. And I know there's a lot of people uh, very frustrated over it. And, um, you know, it's it's definitely uh, sad uh, just what's going on. And um, hopefully, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say on it. It's difficult. So I appreciate you bringing up the words, Taylor. It's, it's, I know I t- I talk a lot sometimes, and this just has me baffled. I've been trying to just sort of digest what's going on with this uh, over the the past few days, and um, you know I've I've always talked about you know I I totally agree with you know the separation of you know what you think religiously versus what the law should be, and because we're a a, a country that values religious freedom, not everyone's gonna have the same religious values, uh, and it sucks that you're gonna pick and choose some of the laws based off of religious, uh, scriptures or religion, uh, religious values, uh, which is frustrating. So, um, hopefully, hopefully there's some answer to this. That is a, is a better answer. Um, I, I I hate to say it, it it may take some time, uh, but hopefully there's a way to, uh, change this, the, 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 the things that have been happening. All right, Alan, hopefully you're, weren't, you weren't going to do some goofy random thought at this point, but go for it. Now I was going to say at, uh,
1: right around 4. AM on June 28th, uh, police raided the Stonewall Inn, uh, which is led to the Stonewall riots, which is considered to be one of the single most important thing kicking off the gay liberation movement in the United States. Uh, and so, uh, today I don't do maths very well, but, um, Today was, or early this morning was, uh, in June 28th, was the day that it raided, uh, they raided Stonewall Inn, and, um, you know, Pride now is this giant celebration, but it, originally it was a riot for um, basically pre- police brutality against uh, the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, and a lot of uh, trans activists were on the front lines of that way back in the 1960s. So I uh, just wanted to continue to shout that out. And and pride isn't just about a celebration; it's also about being public and 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 being open with p- who people are. Uh, and so I just wanted to shout that out. I know Taylor, you mentioned that as well, um, but I just wanted to highlight that today.
0: That's why we have a teacher on our on our panel here um, to teach us, uh, Brad. <laughs> Random thought from you.
2: Yeah, uh, I'm gonna keep things uh fairly political still, although I'm not really gonna try taking a political stance. But if you haven't watched the uh January sixth Inquisitions that have been going on, uh I usually listen on NPR because they don't really spend too much time talking about it afterwards. I don't need the the whole political party breakdown. But uh definitely interesting stuff uh coming out of those and um I don't know what to say other than that. It's just, it's just interesting to take a look inside uh kind of Capitol Hill and the way they do things.
0: Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm going to go off politics, but I will say, just make sure, you know, if you have any issues going on or any concerns or any problems or any disagreements with any things that are happening, make sure you are letting your voice be heard and voting, uh, in the November elections and anytime there's an election uh, to um, help make change. If you're not agreeing with what policies are being uh, provided, the thing that sucks with the Supreme court is, you know, it's, it's not something you can vote for. It's something that's a a lifetime appointment or until someone retires or passes away. So that sort of sucks. But um, my random thought is this past Thursday, I took uh, my son and uh, four of his friends. Well, my two sons, and four friends to Knott's Berry Farm to celebrate my oldest son's birthday. Um, we got there right when the park opened. We didn't think it would happen, but we made it till the park closed. Um, didn't get home till probably like eleven thirty at night. Oh, oh, and by the way, the next day I had volunteered for a potluck barbecue that I would make a, um, uh, a pork butt, a pulled pork. Um, and uh, that was like a 13 and a half hour cook time. So I woke up like at three in the morning to get things prepped for that. So it'd be ready by like five, five thirty. So uh, let me just say I was exhausted by the end of Friday evening. But it came out very awesome. It was delicious, um, and uh, it's it's it was worth the time we put on because we used the extras uh, throughout the weekend uh, making a bunch of different dishes with that. So it was pretty cool. Um, but yeah. I had to do something a little bit more lighthearted just to end things up here. Uh, but um, let's do this. Let's wrap this all up. I want to thank everyone that listens to the podcast. Thank you for listening. Um, I also want to thank each and every one of you that are on the show tonight. Uh, Alan, Brad Taylor, and those that aren't here that uh, we're missing for whatever reason, Andy with, uh, with some family stuff uh, that he's attending. And then Dylan MIA, I don't know where he is. Um, haven't heard from him, but uh, we like these guys, those guys too. Um, Thank you so much for listening to everything. If you want to read what Larry wrote, go to our website, ocsepodcast.com Um, you can find it there. If you want to listen to some past episodes, you can listen to them there. Uh, I, I, I will say this. We've, there's been a slack on getting the podcast up on episodes up on our website. So that'll be corrected sometime in the few next few days here. So you'll, um, be able to listen to actual podcast episodes and not just have to find us on video form. Uh, so for Alan, for Brad, for Taylor, uh, for Andy and Dylan and everyone else that participates or 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 takes part in this, this is the Orange and Black Soccer Cast. Thank you for listening, and we are, I think, we're out. We're out.